2: It's Wednesday, the 23rd of September 2020. In today's show, we are joined by musical maestro and now supporters' club impresario Andy Higgins, who's going to tell us all about the new Armfield supporters' club. And we're also going to catch up on all the latest pool news since the last pod. I'm John Ospinall, and this is the Seasiders Podcast, episode 174 The Armfield Club with Higgy. Right, good evening, listeners. Welcome back to the Sea Sounders podcast, episode 174. It's a special episode, The Armfield Club with Higgy. Uh, you've heard the voice singing our theme tunes several times, and he's been on the pod several times in the pub before, so it's, good, um, it's a, a good friend, and he's back. It's Andy Higgins. Hi, Andy.
3: Good evening, John. It's great to have you back on, Andy. It's great to be on here again, matey.
2: Yeah, and what are we on, like? Is it three or four, something like that? It, it's at least three.
3: Yes, yeah, something like that. <clears throat> like that, Paul.
2: Who'd have thought, um, ten years on, since we sat in that little box room of mine, hacking together that little video to the legend song, that we'd, be, we'd still be here ten years later. And none of us look any <laughs> older, do we?
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I might certainly feel it
2: some <laughs> for the uninitiated out there andy is the singer on our, uh, our intro song uh, legends um yeah andy penned that song a while back and uh, yeah, it's it's stuck and it's uh it's our theme tune so
4: actually I, i've got to say higgy um uh john tried to get rid of it at one point and said we should change it no i didn't I... no i didn't <laughs> and i said no 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 <laughs> It's I said,
2: maybe we should update it. That's what I said. I never said get rid.
3: Well, I told you to <laughs> them, I didn't know about that. playing, flouncing from the show now. That's- <laughs> do
2: you know, Andy, I was thinking of asking you to do a a punk version of the Nolan's Blackpool song. How do you think that would work?
3: Yeah. I don't know. We'd have to put it in a bit of a lower key, I think, because it's quite high, isn't it? So, uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> Could just kick you in the bollocks before you start singing. <laughs>
3: We'll give it a shot, why not? We like, you know, we like each other, oh, matey.
2: I'll let Tim do the kicking though. <laughs> He's an experienced lawyer after all, in case there's any repercussions. Um, yeah, joining us on the show this evening are Tim, as ever. Good evening Tim. Evening. And Nick just made it. Apologies, this is a live stream and we are a couple of minutes late because of uh, some gremlins that are attaching themselves to Nick, weren't they Nick?
5: Bizarrely, because I've been on since half past seven getting ready, we did the test call and everything was perfect, and literally, there was eight seconds to go, and it just muted everybody, so, anyway, I'm here, good
3: evening everyone. Yeah.
2: A nice tangerine t-shirt as well, we're almost all in tangerine, I've got my old Wong shirt on. Andy, you're letting the side down.
3: Yep, I'd to be different though.
2: Right, fair enough, you are a punk after all. Right. So, the main focus of this show is to talk about the Armfield Club, which, Andy, you're heavily involved in, so we're going to be asking you quite a few questions about it. And uh, feel feel free to plug anything you want, because we've all seen the pictures, and it's absolutely fantastic what's going on there. So, feel free to advertise anything, haul yourself out, do whatever you want, within reason.
3: Mm. No, <laughs> uh, we'll do.
2: <laughs> right, so... We've got a few questions we're going to fire at you. So um, I'd like you to answer these as best you could, if pos. So the first one um, I want to ask you, Andy, is how did this project come about and what's your involvement in it?
3: Well, like all quite interesting things, uh, they start from very small acorns, don't they? And it was a conversation between... um uh, the Ex-Players Association, John Cross, <clears throat> a BST committee member, Derek Spence, um, who you'll know, author and international goal scorer for Northern Ireland, and a few of our friends, that um, there was uh, the number one club was vacant. Uh, the previous tenant hadn't been paying any money on it, and uh, Derek knew the landlord, and he was keen uh, to, for something to happen with this, because I think it's been opened a couple of times in the past four or five years. And people have given it a shot, but it's never been made a proper success of. Uh, so conversations took place thereafter. A group of us got together. And this is sort of going back to about May time, believe it or not. Um, and then we formed a bit of a group together, talked in depth and at length about what we could potentially do. And there's so many things you can do because it's such an enormous place. Um, and then we moved forward from there. Uh, we formed a limited company. Uh, We were in negotiations with the landlord for probably about three months. Uh, We only got clearance on the lease a matter of weeks ago, about two weeks ago. Um, But we've been in there refurbishing three bars. It's a massive undertaking um, for about six weeks. Uh, So that's where it came from. It was just an innocent conversation. Do you know anybody who might be interested in doing something with this property? Um, and it's sort of grown arms and legs from there, John. To be honest,
2: right? You know, it's funny because last time I walked past that, and I, was, you know, it had shut down, hadn't it? And I was thinking, someone mm. should do something with this. Someone, you know, it'd make a great supporters bar. And, uh, and lo and behold, it's happening. So, brilliant. So, have mm. you any experience in this field, Andy?
3: Absolutely none whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> No no i haven't not in terms of opening bars we've we 've got a mixture of people involved, and I suppose we 've got different sort of uh, skill sets and they seem to have worked together uh, quite well really so we've got sort across of the spectrum um we've we 've had involvement in bars, normally on the right side of the bar i 'd hasten to have most of them. <laughs> but uh, uh we 've we've we've, we've got um, Andy Grice on board who's our bar manager and so andy 's got an awful lot of experience so um We've sort of pulled resources, and we've got it as far as where we've got it now, which, you know, I think Tim was down early today having a little look round. BST popped round last week, and a few people have been in to have a look. Um, And we've really radically transformed it in a matter of six weeks from what it was, because it was was dank dreary, no power, um, no gas coming into the building, um, everything boarded up, getting broken into fairly regularly. Um, and the skips and skips of rotten stuff I've had to sort of get out of there. So th- there's been a lot of work to get it anywhere near uh, acceptability. Um, yeah, so it's been a it's been an enjoyable but tough ordeal, I'd say. All
5: right. So mm. are, you, are you still on? Sorry, John. Are so you go still on. going to be on target for your uh, for your, your opening date, Andy? <laughs>
3: Yeah, uh, it's, it's full steam ahead, working around the clock there, um, 3rd of October we're aiming for, Yeah. Um, if I said we've got, I think, f- four more bathrooms to do in that place, a lot of flooring and some other jobs, people, you know, people looked at it five or six weeks ago and said there's no chance in a million years, but they look at it three yeah. weeks and say, well I'm amazed with what you've done, but you've still got a lot on, so I think it's a bit of a challenge because the lads are in charge of the operational side and you know, when you talk operations, there's everything from floors, all the floors have been relayed, everything's been done there, all the furniture's been built, redeveloped. You know, we've had people doing fabrication work for us, uh, plastering, um, everything. Just the, the whole thing's been recabled. Um, we've had to have, but get the EPOS terminal sorted, the CCTV. It's been, a, it's been a really big project, and it's three floors, as you know, you, those of you that have mm. been in there, really big place. So it's like three pub refits in the space of about two months with a bunch of mates doing it.
2: Which leads so, me on to my next question, Andy. So who's been actually doing the work? Um, and is it all been kind of volunteers?
3: Um, a, a lot of it has been volunteers. There's some work and there's some stuff we've had to pay for. Hmm. Um, and it's, it's eaten up quite a lot of money, to be honest. I mean, we planned as best we could for this because we knew there's going to be some reasonably significant investment. But... You know, uh, some some of the the lads that have been down there, haven't just been down for a few hours. They've been down for days, been taking time off work, taking a week off work and just coming and working every day. So it's from dawn till dusk every day that lads are in there, and dusk beyond now, because we finally got the power on about two weeks ago, which was great, Uh, so we could work in the dark as well. So there'll be lads there, and every night it's opening, really, so... Uh, it's 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 a, a really endearing story. The goodwill that's been generated because, like I think about, I mentioned earlier today, it, people are all doing it for the love and not the money, just to be mm-hmm. involved and be part of something like this. Uh, so it, it's been amazing, really. Um, and there's lots more since we've had a, a bit of publicity coming out in the last week. Mm-hmm. A lot of other people have got into it. Said if you need me for a few hours, just give me a shout. I'm straight down there. So we, we think we've got it in hand with what we've got lined up and the lads that are working there. Um, so, I think if we if we get it open on that day and everything works, you know, we'll all be sort of slightly amazed. But, you know, it's a Blackpool style of doing things, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you've got to get 110%, and then, you know, you do it in the most unlikely circumstances, really. It,
2: it did make me wish I was a sort of a, a tradesman rather than just a keyboard presser who sits behind a desk all day. Because I'd have loved to have come down and help out, but I'd have probably made things worse if i had picked up a hammer. <laughs>
3: You know what, me too. Me too. I still, if I've got any sort of lies somewhere elsewhere, but what, some of the lads that have been working in there, I call them the Trojans. Some of them have been, we've gone in at the end of the day, and they just have to go on and go to bed. They've not stopped working all day, and for days and days on end. And it's just frightening, really, the amount of work that's gone in there. Um, you know, it's just, but it's, it's tremendous, really. It's Superb.
2: Right, Andy, you mentioned there's going to be several rooms on that. Uh, great video, at least, put together. Could you tell yeah. the listeners and the viewers a bit more about each room and your your reasonings for creating yeah. each room as it is?
3: Sure. Okay, so <clears throat> for those that haven't been in there, uh, it's a little bit like a TARDIS. It's actually two buildings together. So everybody that goes around and has a look in there, the first thing they say is, you know, my goodness, I had no idea it was so big, this place. Um, there's an awful lot of history to the building, which I can mention in a bit. But in terms of the format of the building and the layout, there's basically four rooms on the ground floor as you go in through the main entrance up the ramp. To the left, you've got the main bar. Um, so in there, um, that's the main focus. So it's going to be open every day of the week. Um, and that's going to be the main bar in the sense that it's the largest bar, but also it will serve the most beers. We're going to have about twelve pumps on that bar, so it's going to be quite a busy bar. Um, in front of it, to the right of the entrance, when you come in, there's a room which we've uh, named the War Room, which is going to be uh, it's going to be the home of Lee Charles TV. Hopefully, Blackpool supporters trust and other the supporter groups that want to get involved have reached out to pretty much everybody, um, and also the ex players association. So on match days. Um, we we envisage that there'll be interviews going on there. That'll be a little bit of a, a quieter oasis away from the main hubbub in the main bars. So that's the what, war room. A, why is that we, called the war room? Well, I think it was because all this has happened under sort of lockdown and, you know, Cobra meetings in the war room. And the reason why we're going to do that is um, we're going to document in there uh, the struggle in terms of what we had over the, the sort of dark years against the previous owners because that was really the catalyst that brought us all together. I mean, we're all, we've all been friends to a certain degree, but we've all become closer friends, particularly, and I'd say in present company as well, we'll probably agree. We've got to know each other an awful lot better mm. through the boycott and then working with each other, be it in terms of not a penny more or the various fundraisers or the court cases, and we've all become quite close-knit. So we wanted to document that and have as much input from the supporters as possible. So there's a project underway to decorate that wall. We've got Rob Purden doing, you know, uh, the homeward fresco on the final, well, the homecoming day. But all around the room, we're going to sort of document it in terms of photographs, uh, court papers, any information, and make it a really quite an interesting thing that people would like to go and visit. Because nowhere else in Blackpool would show anything like that. Because uh, it's, it's political. I mean, you go if you go into Witherspoons, you know, the Velvet Coaster, we say it's like the biggest pub in Britain in terms of uh, square foot, ground floor floor spaceage. But the history of Blackpool, according to them, is all about the Pleasure Beach and the Tower. There's nothing about the football club, which is probably the most famous thing ever to come from this town. And there'd be absolutely nothing about anything to do with local culture, you know, the music or the, the culture surrounding football. So we thought, well, what a good opportunity, you know, to really... Document this and sort of tell our story in our own way, really, not being censored or need to be sanitised. It's just the way that it was and the way we understand it. So, that's the war room.
2: Okay, um, Tim. Just, uh, I'll give you, I'll give you a voice, a, a, a breath, uh, a break, Andy. So, the war room, Tim, was that where you varnished that coffin? Is that the correct uh, room?
4: No, no, I did that at home. What, what? is that, well, is that the, is that the one where, where
2: we, where we picked the coffin up? Remember from the on the march. Do you remember it was in the, wa- yeah. the war rooms as you go like on the right? Is that right?
4: Yeah, it's, it was the old Jag Lounge, which is where um, the uh, the Jaguar cars were first. Um, it's where it came from, isn't it, Andy, from what you were saying on your video earlier, that I listened to earlier. Um, but it's also, uh, that room is where CESA was formed um, back in 2013. It was where the first meeting was held. So it's quite apt, I think, that that's where... Um, that 's where the war room where the where the perhaps the history of the protest movement is going to be recorded because that 's very much where it's, where, from my perspective, it started, and uh, I remember sitting in that first meeting not, not intending to get involved in any really shape or form and uh, obviously uh, I mean to be honest, I went around with the Grimmy before, and <clears throat> what, what, I, what I think was perhaps really resonated with me was that every room. Is, is very is, is very central to the history of everything we did to get rid of the oysters. Because if you go downstairs into the bar that they've got down there, that's where Carl um, turned up to the CESA meeting and um, and sat there twiddling on his phone and uh, posting as the Dark Lord. And then you go upstairs and that's where we had the first BST meeting when we had to hold back-to-back meetings, if you remember.
2: Mm,
5: yeah. So
4: the, the place just bleeds blackpool history doesn't it and um, it, I don't think you can actually I was originally thinking we could do something in the, the old Paris <laughs> casino but think you know when you think about it I don't think there's a better place I mean I think it's got everything that you would want for what we as blackpool fans uh, and these guys have, have, have taken the lead in a fantastic way everything we'd want from a from a, for a home for our support base it's fantastic.
2: So, Andy, let's uh, let's get back to the the layout of the uh, the club itself. So, downstairs there was a, a basement that Tim's just mentioned. What, what are your plans for the the downstairs yeah. in the basement? Uh,
3: so, uh, so downstairs the basement. It's a really large room, so if if you've been in on the ground floor bar, if you imagine that, plus another 50% almost, stretching right across. There's um, full-size snooker tables down there, and there's a bar, a smaller bar than the main bar upstairs, and that's going to be called um, the Brett Ormerod Sports Bar. Uh, we spoke with Brett. Uh, Grimmy turned the charm on and phoned him up, and I don't think he... Had- saying no. Um, but cracking that is we know Brett because we were closely involved obviously with his testimonial uh, when we did that at AFC Blackpool. So that's the Brett Ormerod Sports Bar. And we envisage down there we'll have darts teams, snooker teams, pool teams, <clears throat> um, you know, during the, uh, the week nights which is quite important to get people in there to bring some revenue. So that's the downstairs. And on the top floor where if anybody went to any BST meetings we probably had a good five or six mm. meetings there. I remember lugging up the, the PA every month uh, and setting up, and we um, got some great attendances, had some great meetings up there, really. So that's like a function room, really, uh, the way that it's set out. And um, that's going to be called uh, the Billy Air Lounge. We uh, got in touch with Rachel, Billy's daughter, and uh, Billy's son, David, and politely requested, and they were like only too pleased to say, you know, that'd be, that'd be great. Um, and just in a wee bit in terms of decoration, we've had our friend Rob Purden down and Rob's going to be putting together um, Brett Ormerod picture and also a billiard picture leading down and leading up to those respective rooms. So you'll be familiar with Rob, a lot of the listeners in terms of the designs that he did for the um, the programmes and a lot of his work. Uh, so we thought it's all fitting, all local and it all just seems to fit together really.
2: He's, he's released uh, the billiard Artwork on Twitter today. I don't know if anyone's seen it. Yes, yeah, excellent, brilliant.
3: Yeah,
4: yeah. Since, since it's there in the flesh as well, it arrived, I think, today. So uh, uh, it's very, very impressive. Um, yeah, just, just what, just the type, just the type of thing you want for this type of venue. It, it's, uh, it, it's, you know, it's going to catch people's attention. I'm sure the Brett one will as well. Um, very, you know, very iconic, quite moving in in a way. The mm. way that uh, he's drawn them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Brilliant! Yeah, absolutely. a lot of emotion in there, isn't there Really, and that's what mm. That's what connects us. I think,
3: yeah, yeah. So that's great. And again, another mm. great example. Everybody giving a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of dedication. Just you know, for the love of the project and for the love of Blackpool, really, because we're all you know Blackpool to the core. Everybody that goes down there and gets involved, they're just all crazy Blackpool fans, really you know, and all just looking to express themselves and just to help the local community, I think, which I think's you know, an amazing thing. They really do.
5: Higgy, I've seen a lot of people on uh, social media as well who've, uh, who have who are donating various bits of memorabilia that they've got, which will look great as well, shirts and footballs and stuff. So uh, that'll be brilliant to see as well. I don't know if you can see behind John, that Vaux shirt in the background, that's that one's mine I'd like to say it's it's match worn but it isn't it's it's worn by me at five side, so nearly as valuable as a match worn shirt um so i'll uh, I'll donate that I'll drop that off when I get a chance and you can uh, if you want to frame it or hang it up anywhere in the club you're welcome to
3: do you know it'd be a privilege uh, one thing um that's not on the social media yet. we've actually got a um Signed Jimmy Armfield England shirt, which is currently being framed and being donated.
2: Excellent, brilliant. I've got a I've got a signed shirt somewhere. I'll dig that out. I'll uh, I'll donate that as well. I'll have a Seasideers yeah. podcast area.
4: It's it's quite it's good it's quite interesting this because um, i was speaking to Andy before and um, and and as he's mentioned on the video we did uh, with Lee. Um, we've been to June we've been to Germany a bit, haven't we, Andy? And um, how how much do you think? Your experiences over there might have just influenced your approach to this because it's it's not something you normally see in England. Something like this, is it?
3: No. uh, Well, I think it influenced us a great deal. Can you guys hear me? Okay, it's getting a little bit.
4: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and I know when we were over there because that was a product, obviously, of the uh, that not a penny more. We went across for our football fix, up and down uh, the fatherland, visiting lots of different clubs. And um, I don't know if it was Kaiserslautern or Freiburg, there's somewhere where we were and we were all talking about it, and they had their own supporters' owned area inside the ground, um, which was decorated with all the heroes that they had, which was absolutely great, and they stamped their authority it, they ran it as their own concern, which you find all across Europe, really, you know, in terms of, I'm just reading a book, 1312, um, about the ultra-movement, and it's it's the same all across the Balkans, down to Greece, Turkey, the involvement with the fans is the culture in the UK is different so I think we've said wouldn't it be nice to have our own supporters bar once we come to the end of this current ordeal with the Oysters and wouldn't it be nice to have it in the ground but I think because of what we've been through I think it's nice that we're having it as an independent thing because I know we all know the old trope that obviously fans are forever and everybody else sort of directly involved in the club it's uh, uh, to an extent transient and temporary but I've got to say as well, we've got a super relationship with the club. The um, directors have been across, have met with us, have donated things. We've had a couple of chats and a couple of beers with them. It's, they've been absolutely wonderfully supportive, um, which is a good thing. So the, the Germany thing really, I think in my mind, uh, one of the reasons why, why I was so motivated to do it was recreate what we saw over in Germany. But, you know, on, on our, in our own way, really, Tim, you know, on our own terms, um, so I think I think, it's- I,
4: I think that's what makes it special is that, you know, you, 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 t- you take your influences from different places, don't you? I mean, I, I, know, I know in England, probably the nearest thing I've seen in England is probably FC United, where they have this community centre near the new ground in Boston, and there's a cinema in there where they watch games, they watch the United games before they watch FC United. Uh, but they've got coffee, areas where you can go and have a coffee, areas where you can go and read, areas where you can go and have a drink, snooker and stuff like that it's a real hub and I, I remember going there and thinking I'm quite jealous we've not got something like this at Blackpool and and you, having gone around there tonight I'm now thinking well actually we've not only got something like that at Blackpool but something probably a lot better because A, hey, it's it's going to, it looks like it's going to be a far, far better standard of place to go in. And secondly, it's all about us, isn't it? And and I think that's what the most important thing with anything like this. It's about taking the influences, but making it yours and making it unique. And I think we, I think you're, you're about to create something probably pretty unique in English football, which is, um, uh, really, really pleasing.
2: Yeah, it certainly is. Um, Andy. So I was just going to ask you about funding this development. Um, is this all going to come out of your own pocket? And if so, I think you should set up um, a Kickstarter-style campaign because I'm sure that's something all Blackpool fans will get behind just to ensure it's financed by by the fans and it's not coming out from one person's or a couple of people's pockets.
3: Yeah, so it's been financed by... Um, well, we, we thought about this when we, we first start thought about starting this up. We thought, should we do, like, a crowdfunding exercise to get some money together? Obviously, there's a lot of goodwill surrounding it, but this point, it needs to be run like a proper business because we need, well, at least one full-time employee, a lot of bar staff, and then we need to run everything else on the operational side because it is a small business, isn't it, really, even though it's quite a large bar-sized business. So we made the decision, right, okay, and we've got got together and we've worked. So we're financing it in it ourselves. And uh, a lot of things have turned out to be quite a bit more expensive than we, mm-hmm. had, we anticipated, you know, because yeah. it's a large thing, really. But um, in terms of income streams, really, because we've you now been working on it for six weeks. We've only really been able to publicise it once the lease was completed, which was <clears throat> about two weeks ago. So the first thing we put up was the membership. and so we've had a, quite a good response there you can get. You know one two or three year membership so that 's revenue coming into us because um, we need obviously that cash injection early on uh, the other thing in terms of um, getting some money in uh, we 've got one sponsor lined up uh, which we will we'll sort of come out fairly publicly with quite soon but we 're looking for sponsors because that 's another cash injection and we want to we want to do it on a um a sort of an annual basis, really, for the Billy Air Lounge, and, you know, the Umrod Sports Bar, uh, and we've also got a little area in there called the Not a Penny More Bar as you walk in, because we think people want to get served quick quickly. We're going to have a um, a card only bar, and we thought the Not a Penny More Bar bottle bar is quite a good name. So we're looking for uh, any sponsors, any people, businesses out there if they want to get in touch and have a have a chat about it. Um, we, do, we do have a sponsor pretty much already sorted out for the membership cards. Uh, there'll be a thousand thereof with that um, company emblazoned on the back. We've just got to get that finalised in the next day or so. Um, and, and in terms of, we're going to be quite active on social media. We've got the Twitter and the Facebook. We're getting some good assistance of some friends in our mids from the TKs and a BST who know about these things a bit better than we do. So what we're going to have in terms of the sponsorship we're working with uh, BT and also Sky, and they, they do a lot of quite clever things on social media to assist us, whereby we can, we can say what's coming up this weekend, which games we're going to be featuring, and then it's going to be in conjunction with, you know, the main sponsors that we're going to have there. Uh, we're going to have the, the rear of the tills, they are going to have the logos going all the time of the people that are sponsoring the televisions when there's football not on there. So we're going to give as much reach as we can to people that want to come in uh, and assist. And they're the main things we're looking at in terms of sponsorship. As I say, well, the War Room, the Billy Air Lounge, the Bretton mod Sports Bar, the Not A Penny More Bar. You know, they'd be good <laughs> things if people out there are interested. Drop an email. We could have a chat, see if there's something we could sort out. That would be super. How can people
2: contact you, Andy?
3: Um, via the uh, the, uh, the um, or just ABFTT, or on Twitter. I mean, we're all joined in together. We're all doing it between ourselves. So if anybody, uh, we're working it properly like a proper business in the sense that if anybody shows interest in sponsorship, it's coming my way. If there's issues with certain operations, things, I don't know, be it health and safety and fire and all the COVID-related stuff, we've got other members of the group mm. taking responsibility. For that. So, yeah, if anyone finds the way to me, I'm not difficult to find on social no. media, you know, that that would be really good. Um, one other thing, just out of interest, my. my the, the the big gable end wall, uh, as you walk down Bloomfield Road and you see it, we're sort of painting that white. It needs re-rendering, which will happen in time, but that's you know quite a big job. We were thinking of getting some um, street art on there, some Blackpool FC related street art from the fans or whatever. So we've made one or two connections. Um, that might be quite a unique and interesting thing. Um, in time, if planning permission is given, there's going to be quite a large uh, advertising hoarding there you know three meters by three meters or bigger so quite a big thing mm. whereby the adverts and various slots as they call them going all around the clock um so that will be another thing where people are able to get some um advertising sponsorship for businesses really um uh, so so just going
2: yeah. just going back to membership andy can you can you tell what options are out there for for people i know you mentioned you can have a one year or three year is that correct
3: yeah, oh, so um, it's, how much? Yeah, it's ten pounds for one year, twenty pounds for two years, and if somebody wants to go for three years, it's uh, twenty-five pounds. So that it's discounted, you'll you'll recoup that quite significantly. We're um, getting all the e-pass tills programmed for when we open, um, so that's quite a big endeavour that's going on. So when somebody goes to the till with one of the cards or is recognised, and they'll all be uh, registered on the system, you, you get discount on all your beer. So if you're buying a few rounds there, you'll soon make your money back that uh, so we have a different tariff the standard tariff and then you have the members tariff what we're doing is we're well, on top of that we talked about kids membership and we thought we don't want to be charging anything for kids so we're going to get some quite nice cards or serving done. them beer <laughs> well yeah <laughs> yeah it's all license so obviously yeah we've got to be ultra careful with this um but yeah uh, in terms of the any any also bring the kids all kids are free all kids are welcome uh, we've got a few ideas of things whereby we can get things sorted in time. Uh, but we're, we're going to get uh, uh, free little membership cards for all the kids. So they don't have to pay for them. So if the dad joins, I've got two boys, whatever, or lady, girls, whatever. We can give them the... the so they will have their own little membership cards as well. Okay. Thank so
2: you. is is membership yeah. optional then? So you don't have to be a member to enter the premises and have a drink? Is that is that right?
3: Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not a social club. We've got a membership card, might give you preference on match days, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the, the capacity of the place, we don't know what the reaction is going to be, looking really positive at the moment, we want to get as many people in there as we can, um, so, you know, maybe in terms of booking tables and things, uh, we might have to give preference to the members, uh, you know, people that have invested in, uh, the endeavour really um, but during the week you know, anybody could go in there match days we'll be checking memberships and things like that because hopefully it's going to be really really busy
2: what about away fans are they going to be allowed in
3: um, no they're not going to be allowed in we, we spoke with um, uh, the police at length about this and they would prefer away fans not to be involved there because of the potential for trouble and it's such a big place I mean if trouble broke out of one of those floors you know there's fire escapes here and everywhere but it is a massive building. It's hard to monitor and to police and it's the last thing that we want because that's the thing that licensing come down on. If there's mm-hmm. trouble there and there's aggro, we could get the license withdrawn and then, you know, we're up that creek without a paddle. So in terms of away fans though, in terms of say members of supporters trust that want to come and have a look at what we're doing, that's what the war room will be for. So, you know, we've we've made a lot of good alliances and friends you know, in the UK from different supporters, trusts and groups. And if they would like to come down, we can arrange for that. And so we'll be giving access to the war room on match days for sort of VIP guests or like-minded football fans that have assisted us that want to come and have a look around. So on match day, we will be allowing a few in, but they'll have to be okay with the police first. On days that aren't match days, though, I'm sure, you know, when people come to town, if the war room becomes as iconic as we'd like it to be, you know, we'll have people go in there that would like to look around and look at the memorabilia we'll of our wonderful office of things that are going to be uh, in that war room. Um, so it'll be a little bit of um interesting sort of social history, you know, cultural history there uh, of the, of you know, the 2002 uh, 2020 period, really. So.
4: Well, Andy, Andy, what's the capacity of the place? Um, it's a, obviously it's a real decent size, but how many yep. people do you are you going to get in, let's assume, no COVID restrictions, and and how many do you think you're going to be allowed in in the short term?
3: Yeah, so um, post-COVID, when COVID disappears, and we all look forward to that day, we reckon we're going to be in the region of about 750, which is big. There's a lot of people, obviously, you know, 750 people under COVID as it stands at the moment with the the social distancing, the groups of six, the pods and various things. We're thinking uh, somewhere in the region of about 250 to 270. We've got to get all the tables and things sorted. We've got to run through all that, which we're going to be doing next week to get that sorted. So 250 to 280, let's say, depending, you know, where we can get people in and get them in safely. And we've got the ingress and egress points. We've got to do all that, obviously.
4: I've got to say, by the way, I love the uh, upholstery that's going on in there at the moment. Um, I don't know if I'm giving too much away, but uh, uh, there's those horrible... Uh, patterned seats that you used to sit all the way around the rooms um, is going to look a slightly brighter, and you can probably guess what colour that's going to be, and it looks fantastic. It's not finished yet, but you, there's certain sections done, and it looks brilliant.
3: Yeah, they are very true, Tim, yeah. So, yes, it, it's, it's great. The, the amount of people who have pulled in to this endeavour, we're saying it's like butcher's bakers and candlestick mm. makers, have upholstery- Blasterers, we've got glaziers, we've got gas engineers, we've got electrical engineers, we've we've got joiners, the whole lot. I mean, I can't think of many artisans that haven't been in there really. So it's like, you know, building Noah's Ark for a football supporters. a has been amazing.
2: So speaking of artisans, uh, Andy, so this is a, a very important question that I'm going to hit you with now. What beers are you going to be selling in there? I know, there's a lot of uh, artisan beer snobs out there, so... Uh, oh, yeah. Has Any it, has... real ales? <laughs> yeah. well, uh,
3: well, it's interesting. Out of our group, uh, I've been the champion of real ales, because as you probably know, I do like a real ale, particularly a dark one. Um, and so, yes, one slight issue we've encountered, and I'll tell you about all the beers and various things... Um, We've got the craft beer people coming in this week. So the way the the market works for getting beers in, you don't go to Carlsberg. We'll have, like, you don't go to Mars to buy a Mars bar. You go to a wholesaler. So we're working with a couple of breweries. Um, we've got, in terms of the beers there, we've got all the, the standard beers on. Um, we've got about, I think, three lagers, a couple of bitters, John Smith's and Boddington's. Then we'll have Strongbow Dark Fruits, Carlin Dark Fruits. And you tend to get them in batches. So one brewery, whatever, they will... Or one wholesale will, we'll pre- you know, uh, cause will be their
4: main. So- oh, I've lost him. Mm. Here he comes. Can't give a good man down. Uh, that, that was the son of Glyn James. <laughs> i
3: <I'm> have just <laughs> killed the call. <laughs> oh, dear. Me. He's, he's not, he doesn't live
2: with the radio. The baby. price of popularity, eh, Andy?
3: Well, anyhow, you know. Um, so um, I think I mentioned, so will be cause, bud, et cetera, et cetera it's important we get this mix of beers in because Sky TV and BT work really closely with the breweries. And so basically the subscriptions that we have to pay and we are signed up for BT and Sky comes down significantly based on all your beers and your cellar. Serious? Is ma- yeah, oh yeah. And your cellar, which is a massive thing uh, and those that we take on a bit of a guided tour, which we'll do, we'll take them and show them the cellar. T- to pump beer to three floors is quite a big endeavour. A lot of the times you have your cellar right below your bar. So for the normal beers, for so your chili units and all the pipes and things, things like lager and standard bitter all works really easily. Now, the, the, the real ale, there's a bit of a challenge there because the distance from the cellar to the main bar is quite significant. But we've got some um, uh, very creative uh, real
1: ale
0: Picture the scene, all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. People in the industry
3: down there looking at this to solve this little problem that we have because I'm determined that we should have, because you know, it's been asked so many times, well, we need three real ales in there two sort of lighter ales and one dark ale which you've got at places like the number 10 alehouse places like that because people of an age like to sit and drink that beer don't they people uh, we'll have a
2: certain make, vintage they do yeah
3: well yeah so and but we want it to it's a big factor isn't it big factor in the question for me personally there's a few, few grumbles round the table when I was talking about stay puffed and salt and people were like what are you talking about <laughs>
4: well, and and oh, by the way Andy according to Sizer we need some uh, cloudy cider Otherwise
2: known as Old Tim's Ruin. <laughs> You'll have trouble every week, have you? Oh, yeah. Make sure night. Grimmy's at the door when Tim's in there on the old, on the old uh, vintage ciders. Uh, all hell breaks I'll to, loose.
4: I'll have to accuse myself from doing the post-match <laughs> pod if, if you start selling that.
2: What I that discussed. was, Andy, uh, Tim had... We, we, did a, we had a few and we did a pod. And, uh, Tim had this really strong vintage cider and uh, he turned the room blue.
5: <laughs> he got. Uh, who did he get mixed up? Was it DJ Campbell and Dobby? That's, I think <laughs> something
2: right. like that. He invented a new. He invented a new player called DJ Dobby. Another <laughs> so quick funny one from uh, Martin Kelly. Martin said, "Have you thought about asking anyone from Bargain Boost to sponsor the Not a Penny More bar?" I think we all know what he's referring to there, or who he's referring to. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Very good. We will. Selective in terms of who will accept the sponsors
2: (laughs) yeah Yeah. Uh, right i've lost my train of thought Uh, right provision for kids um that was my latest question andy you did touch on it earlier um is there anything in there for kids to do so we can chuck them in a corner and not bother us while we're all having a drink how about that
3: well do you know what i mean We're up against it in terms of time, and and I've I've got to confess there's nothing planned in terms of the opening. Kids, obviously, welcome to come in, but they'll be have to be accompanied by the parent. One thing we thought about it's it's there's an awful lot of space up there. You know, for instance, on the top floor, um, we've got that the big function room, but we've got an awful lot of rooms behind that up there. So we we've had a few offers from people to say, you know, I could potentially do something with the kids. You know, in the past we had the Tango Group that looks after the kids. We even thought. You know, why don't we, you know, get some phone football and a fire aside side thing or something for the kids or whatever. Um So we'll, we'll have to see on that. But we're really conscious of that because we want to make it to go to a place where people can go and, if they want to, in the nicest way, offload the kids to somebody. <laughs> yeah. some, you know, dads and mums. I'm all up people. with that. <laughs> you know, we'll, We'll, we'll create in one way or another a facility to do that because we want everyone, because we don't want the kids just standing around bored. I know what it was like when I was alive, yeah. you know, I'd be i thinking it must be
0: thirsty. He's had about four of them.
4: <laughs> oh, do, you me- do you remember like we went to Doncaster and uh, to the side of the, of, of the, uh, the, the area where we are grabbing our beers, they, they set up an area where the kids could do a little bit of, it's like relatively softball shooting um, there, you know, you could put some games in there. You can have Bluefield bear, having mean, an appearance, half oh, past one or something. Couldn't you? There's yeah. all sorts of things you could do for the younger ones that would, would make it a special place for them as well, where they actually think, yeah, I actually want to come here, which obviously yeah. makes it easier for dads and mums who, who, are bringing them along. than yeah. um, than, than just obviously them having to sit in the corner with the proverbial packet of crisps and a, and a Coke. So mm-hmm. I think there is some opportunities there. And, um, It'll be interesting to see what comes of those. Yeah,
2: Yeah. I I always like taking my um, lad into, well, I would like to take him into the dog, because that's kind of the best beer, and it's cheap, and I I like the atmosphere in the dog, but you can't take kids in there. So when I've got my son with me, I'm pretty limited to what I can do in and around the ground, pub-wise, so hopefully uh, something gets sorted out there.
4: And there's um, also there's also Andy that huge uh, uh, Grimmy showing me tonight, and I'd forgotten you, you don't even realise there that huge area of land right next to it isn't there that's um, yeah. uh, effectively wasteland at the moment, isn't it? And yeah. uh, maybe there's some opportunities there because I, I think that was the original bowling green if I remember. remember Where's that Tim? Why is that? Just as, um, well as you walk up from the traffic lights where Jimmy's statue is, yeah. on the left-hand side just before you get to the uh, entrance. There's a huge green area that's just wasteland, to be honest. And it's um, Grimmy was telling me about it. I thought, what's he on about? I and then what, well. So, so when I come out, I looked at it, and it's it's massive. It's I don't it's even know like what you mean. Si- it's almost about like the size of a football pitch, a, a right. relatively small football pitch. And I think if the, you know if there's an opportunity there for the council to put a bit of a park on, or or allow allow these guys here to do something with it to brighten it up a bit. Then um, maybe there's an opportunity there for the you know for particularly if the weather's okay to sit outside, um, have a bit of a half in half out scenario where there's a bit of covering and there's all sorts of things you can do. But at the moment that 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 area is just going to waste, isn't it? It is. Yeah, and it's something we've talked about. will um <clears throat>
3: when we get over the. Uh, the, the the bump, everything ironed out and all the kinks sorted for opening. Th- that's something we'd, we'd like to speak with the council about. We assume it's council land. We've got to look at access rights and various things. But they say it's going to waste. When, when we took the, um, the ex-players around, they were saying, well, you know, part of that could be a nice part of like a memorial thing. And like, well, why not? And then, you know, you could either use it for, like you say to him, if you can get the licence and get agreement for people to go out and have a drink there or someone for the kids to play. Yeah, it, it would be great if we could do something with that. That that would be a wonderful thing.
2: Right, I've just got a couple more, and then questions, and then Tim's got some. Um, That's just coming from Cliff Smith. It's so refreshing to see you outline plans for engaging with kids. They are the future lifeblood of our club. Uh, absolutely, Cliff. You know, given the fact we've we've suffered not a penny more, we've lost the whole generation of fans, and mm. now we've got mm. COVID. So I think it's it's really important to get these young kids um, into Blackpool at a young age, so we don't lose them to the likes of Man United, City, etc. So, yeah, hopefully we can do something there. This is a bit of a daft question um, I wrote down, Andy. Is there going to be any natural light in the bottom two floors? Because I do remember being in there, and there's no windows in the main bar on the left-hand side, and it's it was just yeah. a bit dank.
3: Do you yeah, know what so, I mean? I know you've been well, well downstairs. um, I don't think there's any natural light at all downstairs. So that is, we've had all the lighting redone. Um, so you're right downstairs, there's no lighting at all. Um, I don't think, no. Uh, on the ground floor, though, there is. Uh, there's, there's windows. Uh, so there's natural light coming through mm-hmm. there. We've decorated all the, the, the blinds there, but we can roll those up. So it, it, it's fairly well, you know, we, we couldn't work downstairs before we got the power on. That was a thing. So that's the last room we're working on. Uh, and the power took us about three or four weeks to get turned on. With our current energy supply, it was, it was a bloody minefield, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it's, it's quite well-lighted on, uh, right. on the ground floor. But like you say, downstairs, there's, there's no natural light at all. How
2: mm. many people can come in the building under the COVID restrictions currently?
3: Well, I think we mentioned it's probably between 250 and Right, okay, but that's one. a reasonable amount. Yes, yeah, so it's still a fair chunk. Yes. Yeah.
2: Right, Tim. Over to you now. I've exhausted all my questions. Um,
4: well, I, I've sort of snuck a couple of mine in on on on, on route, to be honest. So, um, I think the other thing, Andy, that you mentioned was um, uh, something about um, these journals that that mm-hmm. you were hoping to to, to display. What are, what are they about? Well, you mentioned before
3: about the room that where Cecil, as you as you stand going down Bloomfield Road and you, you turn to face the building. Um, the, the building is two buildings together, basically. And the building to the right, uh, some of you might even remember, that they used to have a blue plaque on the building uh, because to commemorate Swallow Sidecars, which was the, um, the formative company that went, went on to be Jaguar Cars. I think there's a, a blue plaque in Cocker Street. They moved to Cocker Street. But that room was known as the Jag Room, and that's where the first Jaguar was built, which is a great bit of local history so we're in touch with jaguar because it's a, a really story but one thing that we found in was um uh all the old um records and handwritten journals from the working men's club uh, prior to uh, world war one they're beautifully handwritten uh, all in these really lovely journals in excellent condition uh, detailing who was at the meeting what they were discussing and, and it's a real interesting archive to sort of get into and read so we sort of ring fenced that and thought right um we'll, we'll look into this we've got them all safe kept them all there because it, it's a wonderful thing you know it, and even in the, during wartime we've got the journals there um so it's going to be a really interesting little history project that um so there's two ones there one obviously the jaguar cars and the history of all that which is amazing uh and the second thing being all the history of the working men's club so the way we look at it working men's clubs are sort of going out of fashion a little bit, the way things are sort of happening in today's more digital sort of consumer-driven society. But a supporters club is like the natural modern day baton holder of what an older working men's club would like to have done for the community to get good beers in a people, place where people socialise. So, you know, we, we see it as a sort of a, a neat sort of forerunner to, to what we're doing and we'd like to get the plaque back. And also... I think CESA, BST and all the other groups have played such a big part in, in our history. Wouldn't it be nice to get a plaque to commemorate that as well? So the building where the Jaguar cars were built, the building where, you know, the protest movement was born and sort of headquartered at during the the, the years. You know, there's a lot of history there.
4: I think is it I'll, I'll a bit of a... I'll, I'll give you this one for free, but um, if you can uh, get Jaguar to sponsor, you might be able to get Gricey a company car, mightn't you? <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah I can see him driving up in a sheepskin <laughs> and the old,
2: the old. speaking uh, of speaking of signs Andy, are you maintaining that sign that says um, as you're coming from Lytham Road is it leather Road it says the nearest watering hole to get a drink before the ground or some something like that,
3: is that we it, are is that tending, yeah. And uh, we're, we're going through the design phases. We managed to get all the signage down, which in itself was quite an interesting little challenge. Um, and uh, local companies working on that and doing a cracking job on the various iterations and designs. So that will all be in place prior to the opening. So um, the illuminated signs, we've just been getting the colour scheme right and the designs. But, yeah, we'll keep that one. A few people have said we've got to keep it. So old school, isn't it?
2: It's, I tell you what, it's a shame we can't find the old uh, centre of excellence sign. <laughs> in the training we go get that—that actually be quite funny to have up, up in the air.
4: Uh, Absolutely, and that, that is part of our history. Because <laughs> I mean, I think I've said it on here, but it's quite funny because the that picture that everybody always sees was taken by Casper's Varpins, um, of all people, and um because I went to show him, I said, "Have you ever?" Uh, we, I was met him one day, and uh, I said, have you ever been to the training ground? And he said, no, no. So I took him down about 7 o'clock one night, and we we nipped over the, uh, the fence because it was all half that concrete wall was knocked down, so you could just climb over it. And we went round, and I'd never seen that sign before. And I said, look at that. And he, he you know, and, and he, he said, oh, I'm going to have to take a picture and show Valeri. So he took the picture, then sent it to me, and I, of course, uh, cascaded it down everywhere. But it was actually Casper's who took that.
3: And,
2: uh, gosh. Some yeah. great stories. It's probably in a skip somewhere, isn't it? You said, um, <laughs> just regarding that comment coming in from Dennis Hutch, um, this is related to when you were doing talking about doing the fabrication work in the building. Andy, so, uh, Dennis says, was KO doing the fabrica-
3: fabrication? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, things that we were fabricating, certain people would like hold them and wrap them round Carl Oyster. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, that centre of excellence sign for one. Whack! So, um, viewers out on the live stream, um, if you've got any questions for Andy, do get them in. We'll be addressing your questions to Andy shortly. Um, Tim, Nick, do you have any anything more for Andy?
5: Um, I think the only one for me was obviously we've, we've got these restrictions and, and the government have delayed people going back into matches for the foreseeable. Um I suppose that makes it harder for you, but also more important that, you know, it that It can be filled as much as possible for things other than just on match day. You know, you mentioned about getting different teams involved, snooker, pool, darts, that sort of thing. Um, I suppose that's really important, isn't it? Whilst you're not going to have that great number of people in on a Saturday that you would have if we were all able to go back.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Th- thanks for mentioning that. So, I mean, we've got to work within the restrictions what they are, but, you know, the function room upstairs is great. The bar downstairs is super. There's some really good sound systems already in there. We've had some really great technical people down there helping us get everything sorted on the technology side of things. So to cater for things, everything from, you know, all all the family celebrations, we could do anything like that, birthdays, uh, christenings, all that stuff. Obviously, it's going to be difficult at the moment because of the the COVID restrictions, Mm -hmm. but... And we've got got a a, a nice wall planner up there and we've got all the dots on there for all the Blackpool games because they're all our key games, all our home and away games. We want people in there doing what we can do and packing it out. But yeah, anybody else that wants to come forward or show an interest, we'll be taking bookings. uh, And then, you know, we've got certain good ideas in terms of events that we want to run. I mean, everywhere we're going, we're sort of pushing against an open door and things like, for instance, having, you know, quiz nights, however we can manage those. But having ex-players down there, you know, on the various tables, because we've got a lot of, you know, great people out there to do with the ex-players, you know, like Tony Green and Glyn James, uh, Eamon O'Keefe, that are very active and they're all supported Derek Spence, obviously. And then maybe, you know, people said, well, Stuart Park is a good friend of ours, and why don't we get some footage up from Stuart Parker I when mean, his first game, a full-time game for Blackpool, for, uh, first team appearance, was a 3-1 win away at Newcastle. And, you know, these great bits of little history that are just so interesting. Get Stuart down. Stuart will come down and talk and then sign autographs or reminisce. You know, things like that. A nice, interesting thing, you know. And England games, we can do things there. And other team games or whatever. We can commemorate and create some really sort of good events, hopefully. But we need to get it busy because... um, you know, we're going to have to get some revenue in there. So I'll just hasten to add, again, internal, external signage. We've got a lot of packages and things available. We're sort of looking for anybody from the business. £250 above packages we're looking to do and get some advertising sorted. So if anybody interested out there wants to... Chipping or assist, it would be most helpful, you know, because if we get two or three of those, well, that's going to pay for the insurance. A few more, well, that'll pay for some of the Cat5 cabling or maybe an extra till or the chip and pin machines because they all need to be paid for, you
2: know. So what's that for again, Andy? 250 quid for...?
3: So what we thought was um, we, we packages from there, so that'll be just some internal or maybe a little bit of external advertising for a business. They say, well, we, we can't afford to sponsor one of the rooms, but we'd like to get involved. We want to make it, you know, so we'll have posters around, we'll have things on the televisions and we'll have company logos like they have at the cricket club, you know, you see. Yeah. yeah, There.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, so but all these little amounts, I mean, it's not a small amount, but in terms of uh, business sponsorship, it's not an enormous amount, but local businesses that want to get involved, if they get in touch, we can work something out.
2: Right. Um, right. I might dip into our Patreon fund account, actually. And, uh, get our name up there for 250 quid it's a quite a reasonable amount um listeners viewers patreon.com you can see it there patreon.com forward slash seasiders pod that's where we um ask for um not donations just help with our show and um there's a tiny war chest building up there so i think what a great place to spend some of it in this bar um (laughs) yep Tim, anything more from you for Andy before we you move could, on? You to... could sponsor that. You
4: could sponsor the, you could sponsor the uh, not a penny more uh, bottle bar as people come in. Yeah, not that, yeah that'd that. be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, that'd be, that that'd be quality. That
3: yeah, and, and above the bar. So you know, somebody says, "Well, we'll sponsor the Billy Air Lounge of the not a penny more." We'll get some artwork so it's on display there for the season, sponsored by you know, just podcast, yeah, or yeah, yeah. famous solicitors, or I don't
2: know. <laughs> but, you know what like Blackheath bought them? Yeah, they're pretty good, aren't they?
3: I think
4: it's more
2: right. Anyway, Tim, anything more from you for Andy? Question-wise?
4: No, not a question, really. Just I think you're doing a great effort, mate. Um, mm. uh, very inspiring. Um, it was great to go down there this evening. Just have a quick look round, and um, I'll uh, I've made some couple of suggestions, as you know and I'm prepared to put a little bit of effort in myself if that helps a couple of those things come off. So good luck with it all. I'll hopefully be there on week Saturday, mm-hmm. and, um, if not before, and um, really, really impressed with everything you're doing. That's, uh, that's all I've really got to say. Cheers, Tim. Appreciate that, mate.
5: Yeah, I'd echo that. I think it's absolutely phenomenal amount of work that you've done in a short space of time. Uh, like we said before, probably me and John DIY we, DIY might not be our thing, but we'll we'll help out in any way we yeah. can. And if anyone who's listening to the show can can help in any way, shape or form, get in touch through the show or get in touch with Higgy and uh, and help out if you can, because it's uh, it's going to be fantastic. And well done to all involved. Yeah, I just really
2: echo what can to be said there. I can't really say anything more about it. Just uh, well done, Andy. It's uh, absolutely brilliant. Uh, initiative from yourself and everyone else who's been involved in getting this up and running I'm really looking forward to going I just can't wait to get in that yeah. bar and get bladded in there right let's move on to um, a few questions and comments from listeners just to close things off uh, Lee Goods known to us all hi Lee um, Lee says evening just watched the promo video looked amazing I have a few bits of memorabilia I can donate if you can make use of so yeah get in touch with Andy there Lee um mm-hmm. athers what's what's he put as his name here tables athers and chairs <laughs> lazarus <laughs> hi lads won't be able to get down until covid 19 does one. but born armfield club three year membership today see you in 2021 hopefully and there you go andy three years from joe that's good yeah uh, tremendous. yeah yeah cliff yeah. smith says evening everybody at edinburgh seaside are here good luck with this venture happy to support it with a three-year membership uh, uh, another one for you there Andy three I only did uh, a year yeah great <laughs> tight gets us Um right what we got here Scotty Martin place looks terrific and always wondered why it's not a fans bar so all good things so all good things coming we're always big now we're bloody massive a bit of punctuation mm-hmm. required there I think Scott Tracy Manson looks a great venue and much needed when COVID goes. Andrew Fuzzy Forsyth had a few meetings in the war room. Has anyone is that a, yeah. is that? A, do you two understand that?
3: Uh, Fuzzy, we know Fuzzy, don't we? Good goalkeeper, Fuzzy Polson, lad.
4: Yeah, I think there was a few uh, of the uh, uh, TK underground covert operations meetings <laughs> covert took place today. <laughs> In Insight fact in,
2: in fact, Tim you told do you remember when you told me about um the action being taken against you? That was mm-hmm. in there. Do you remember it was me, you, um Kev, me, you and Kev and you told me then what was happening with you. It was like we were in there, we were in there. Yeah, yeah I do.
4: there's a lot happening in that room really yeah. over the years, has,
3: yeah. Definitely has. Yeah. Or, or hopefully a lot more will happen again in the future, wonder, yeah. the really. <laughs> oh, good
4: <laughs> It's good good stuff now, yeah, Yeah.
3: exactly.
2: My dad had his last ever pint in there. He said, he actually said, yeah, he said, that'll be the last game I ever see, and this'll be the last party I ever have. So, yeah, Yeah, a bit of sweet memory, but I'll move on quickly from that. Uh, Lee Lee again says, love the fact the old Jag Lounge is the war room, very apt. Um, And from Leon Smith, is there a a franking room for Higgy? (laughs) Is that relating to your business, Andy?
3: Yes, it is. It is. Yes. Yeah. So, if anybody out there needs a franking machine,
4: <laughs> I'm surprised you've not got your, your 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 sign behind you. I've got some business cards on hand. Go on, there show it go. to the screen. There we go. You can already see that behind the, the goal of the south oh. end at, at the Armfield end. Postal and data yeah, system
2: really well. Yeah, it? I said that to um, Tim and Nick Andy when we were around at Tim's watching. Was it? I think it was the Everton game at Tim's house, his big TV. And I said, look at Andy's sign there. It really stands out. It's really good colours, yeah.
4: He's not daft, is he? Yeah, yeah he's not.
2: Yes. <laughs> Gary Ford, brilliant, well done. Uh, also got a three-year membership. Um, used to love the old supporters bar, which was a dive, but it was ours. Great to have a supporters club back. Uh, another one from Cliff Smith. Andy, you've just mentioned you've reached out to all supporters groups Has this included the SAS, Seasiders Across Scotland? That's a new one on me. We're here and ready to support and assist wherever we can. Andy, have you reached out to the SAS?
3: I haven't personally, but if you can drop me an email, we will reach out. We're speaking to all of them. So, yes, that might be an oversight on my part. Maybe one of my colleagues has, but I haven't personally. So, um that, that's my oversight. So apologies, my friend. Um, I would love to be in touch with you very soon and welcome you down for a wee shwally. <laughs> <laughs> my friend.
2: Cliff then goes on to say, I'd contribute to a Kickstarter crowdfunder type initiative. Maybe you want to look into this, Andy.
4: I've just had a text off uh, Grimmy, actually, about doing something in the war room. So what's this space?
2: In relation mm-hmm. to what?
4: Uh, we've we've had a chat about when we went to, when I've been over to uh, Dortmund uh, and I've got in their museum. They've done like a glass walkway um, through part of it, which actually under the glass has a load of um, memorabilia that fans donate. So rather than just rather because obviously you've got limited wall space and sometimes you can clog it up too much. So um, one way one way of actually uh, displaying it very very effectively is to put it under your feet and uh, have a some form. of I have to, We'd have to think about it, but how you'd want it to look. But having a, a glass walkway that would have all that stuff on it that you could walk into the room and walk around the room and um, and and view while you have a drink. Mm. And um, there's a couple of text messages and it's doable, but we might need some money. So. Maybe mm. that's something that could be incorporated into the war room because I know uh, the guys have want want ideas for that, and I know BST have probably got some ideas, and other other people have some. But it's just about joining it up, isn't it, really? And thinking about what you can do that's different. Mm. And um, anyway, so uh, I'll I'll make I'll be making some inquiries about that and seeing what 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 it would cost and so if there are people who want to contribute maybe that's one way they could do mm, it
3: yeah. Mm. yeah super idea Tim I think yeah. that the certain projects and things we're just going to get this bar open and as quick as we can get it all done but then there's so many projects obviously the wall room won't be completed when we open it'll be plastered it'll be look lovely it'll be fine it'll be great and it'll be functional but it's not going to be that's one of our first big projects to get that all properly decorated and done properly with all the memorabilia and, like you say, these other ideas. So we'll be throwing that out to all the super seasiders across the world, all their ideas. So it reflects all of us really, because um, you know we feel as though we're just sort of raising the gauntlet really on behalf of everybody else behind us really, because you know we're just taking the initiative. But it's we're proud to be doing this on behalf of all the Blackpool fans. And, we want to make sure we, we give it our, our best shot and do the best thing so everyone's going to be really proud of it that's what we're really conscious of you know the, the level of detail and the amount of love and energy going into it to make it just absolutely perfect is what you want to see really you know so it's uh,
2: right um, well. uh, I've got a bit of a rough question for you now Andy Let's rough if you can handle this John Ashton on my match day can I bring my dog
3: do you know what? I'm not certain what the score is with dogs. Um, I'll have to get back to you on that I one. I think there's I a joke
2: there as well. Actually, I won't, I won't go down.
3: We're uh, uh... talking a canine. Dear me. <laughs> <laughs> my...
2: yeah, swiftly moving on. Um, I'm not even going to try to read that username yeah. memjura86uk mentioned JJ86UK. Okay. There you go. I
5: think it's probably that, John. <laughs>
2: I think my, uh, I think my bin, bins need a, an extra <laughs> number in the prescription. Um, he or she says, mention AVFTT but Gable End facing wall wall facing mm. bloomers would sure look great with BFC and Tower Mural on it or something. Sure, mm. some local graffiti people could do it would look great. Yeah, I think we've covered that. Mm. Um, this one's for you, Andy. Uh, any plans for an Armfield Club Anthem? That's from Trevor Clacker, that.
5: Oh, That's from sure
3: Trevor, I hey, Trevor. Uh, Trevor, I've still got your T-shirt here that you you ordered about four months ago, mate. I've still packed up in the hallway for you, pal. Um, well, <laughs> gosh, who, who knows? I mean, we're a musical lot, aren't we, at seasiders? So I'm sure we'll come up with something, really. Um yeah, I mean, m- music's infused our little protest over the years, hasn't it? When you think about it, we've got the Afro Man there, we've got that, you know, <laughs> usual band IDFS. So I won't mention that on here. Um, yeah, so it would be rude not to, wouldn't it? So there's got to be, you know, as Nietzsche said, without music, life would be a mistake. So we'll have to get some in there.
2: Uh, get your get your axe out, Andy. Get strumming.
3: You've got a stage, haven't you? well we have there's one downstairs in the main room in the the far corner which has got a tremendous PA system with it and the one upstairs and we've got lighting and everything there so yeah yeah. get
2: on it get on it Andy I I
3: quite like the idea Grimshaw said we don't want you getting up there we want to fill this bar Higgy we don't want to
2: enter (laughs) get people in
4: (laughs) I quite like the idea of having a a few comedians on as well actually because you know again if you've got if you've got various people out there trying to make, you know, trying to establish themselves, if you can give them like an open mic session for 20 minutes, half an hour, comedy club night yeah. or something, that that could be great, couldn't it? Because normally you have to go into Manchester for stuff yeah. like that.
3: Yeah, Oh, that'd be, that'd be super. We've even had an inquiry about uh, a book club meeting there, you know, maybe a football related book club, you know, maybe a interesting, you know, all mm-hmm. different areas of culture catered for. Mm.
2: At the Armfield Club. The, Black, the Blackpool Culture Club. I like it. Um, this is from John Scott. May have missed this, but are you doing food? It's a good question, actually.
3: Yes, it is a very good question. Uh, in, in terms of something we'd like to do in time, yes, for sure. In terms of our ability to do that in the time up to opening, we've not been able to do anything. We've not got a kitchen facility or anything there. That Get was, a pie warmer. Well, that's going to be the thing, <laughs> really. Yeah. So... Somebody locally who can assist with that, who maybe wants to organise something with us, it would be nice because everyone likes after the game or whatever, a pie or whatever. Yeah, it'd be a super thing to do. Um, your, ma-
2: your man below me here, he's the he's the food expert Master around chef. here. Yeah,
3: I'm and beer expert. Pie
2: expert, <laughs> pie expert as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's he's quite the cordon bleu chef, you know, Andy on the quiet. is Nick. He's a uh, he's very Andy in the kitchen.
3: Well done, he really on oh, my iPhone. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm going grey like him. <laughs> True C, Sarah says, are you thinking of advertising the bar in the ground, ad boards on the screen, discount with ticket, etc.?
3: Possibly in what? time, yeah, maybe, maybe. And I've got to say, the club have been so supportive of, uh, with us, you know, they really have, um, which is a great thing. And because we're all lovers of the club, we know. Uh, but yeah.
2: You can't imagine the Oystens doing that if the they were still in charge. The city's competition, <laughs> wouldn't they? The vignette. <laughs> well, I
3: think yeah. we'd
2: have a club if they were still in charge.
3: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So that they're helping us flourish and helping us grow and being supportive. We've had some chats, you know, things like, I mean, if we can do anything to help the club in terms of, you know, people pre buying the tickets, if the members and they say, you know, we want to pick our tickets up from there rather than queue, that's fine. What about buying programs? If people want to come around and sell the programs, that's super. Anything we can do to make the life easier and more enjoyable for Blackpool fans and Blackpool FC, you know, just pushing against an open door, anything we can do to help that, you know, it'd be great to help really. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Excellent. Chris Priest says anyone in mind to cut the tape on the grand opening. Another great question.
3: Yes, um, there is. So, uh, John and Duncan Armfield and their respective families will be down. Um, We'll get a bit more out on social media about this for the the sort of schedule of events that we're thinking of uh, for the third. Um, There'll be some other people there in attendance as well, which we'd like to sort of publicise. But um, uh, I was, just on on this one, I I was in discussion with John and Duncan going back months and months about this because we sat down and said, this has got to be called the Armfield. I mean, Jimmy statue's looking over on it. Our greatest, most famous player. I mean, what better name, really? So... Uh, I know John reasonably well. We used to play in the same football team, and you know oh, many years God. ago, and the same five-a-side team. After we're both sort of Jack Tin Eleven aside, and, and so I spoke at length with with John and uh, Duncan about that. Um, so yes, yeah, so John and Duncan will be there. Going to do a bit of a double act on the day um, <laughs> with the people. Yeah, that's
2: perfect, pe- perfect people to open it. Yeah, that mm. great. This is Absolutely. quite this is quite funny. Um just going back to the. Uh, kids room uh david underwood says oyster pinatas for the kids in the top room right never mind just the kids i think we'd all like to have a go on that wouldn't we <laughs> pound, pound a ticket you'd
5: make a fortune <laughs> Tell you
2: brian yeah, he'll it for you will make a fortune <laughs>
3: yeah this time next year rodders
2: <laughs> um just a, a general comment there Ippy can't wait for this place to open well done to all involved um, and he also goes on goes to say, is it a listed building? I remember
3: reading that somewhere. Or was it was on the video. that It's a listed building. Is that right? Do you know what? I'm not entirely sure. If it's got a blue plaque on it, which the building to the right had, does that make it a listed building?
5: I'm sure, James, John. I've read something or heard something somewhere. You definitely
4: that... said that on the video, but I'm not sure putting yeah. a blue plaque, on, yeah. blue plaque on it makes it listed. <laughs> um <laughs>
2: Maybe a, sec- listed- maybe, maybe a sec- Centre of Excellence sign may, will make it listed. <laughs> there's,
4: there's not many listed buildings in South Beach, is the cool, <laughs> Yeah. Actually,
3: so, actually apart from there the- is.
4: There is, a, there is apart from the um, uh, those little shelters that are on the front, uh, on, the, on the promenade, they are, apparently. Oh, great. Great.
2: Surely BBE HQ is a listed building.
4: Um,
2: with the great minds that uh, emanate from there. Oh. Yeah, no that, blue plat, though. And if if not, there should be. <laughs> yeah.
3: That, that university of brilliance within the uh, <laughs> profession. If yeah.
2: he then goes on to say, is Leanne going to be behind the bar? <laughs> Number 12, I don't get that. What does that mean? He's not
3: gonna be is not going to be behind the bar? Is Leanne
2: going to be behind the bar?
3: Well, Leanne asked a question before about franking.
2: uh Okay. So, yeah, if he wants so- to know, is she going to be a barmaid?
4: Well, she, she she could be the pie tester. She's a bit. Of a, she likes a <laughs> pie, doesn't she? Okay, you're a brave man, Tim, saying this. <laughs> no, but she she says
3: it honestly, doesn't she? She's a. Oh, t- don't go on the wrong side of young Leanne. Oh dear me. Uh, but we are, we are interviewing for bar staff at the moment. Andy is, and so he's getting his team together. So if anybody's listening and wants some part time work and his got ex- a bar staff experience, uh, get in touch. Yeah, all right. There you go. Um... Right. Employment in the uh, the local area down there because it needs it, doesn't it? Really? Certainly does.
2: Mm.
3: Mm. Bradley
2: Meldewell, comment to get with there once COVID is gone. The war room sounds great, long as with this history with Jaguar, it sounds as though all the hard work you have put in will pay off big time. Right, finally, the last question or comment. Watch out, Tim will be dancing away with his vintage
4: cider. <laughs> <laughs> My it, reputation goes before <laughs> me, doesn't it? <laughs> uh.
3: And quite a dancer. I've seen Tim moving after a few sherbets, not quite at holes, <laughs> but you know, he can move the boys with a set with them, haven't you, Tim? Lad?
2: I think that should be a, a turn one night. Um, <laughs> Dan, so, dancing Dan Tim Dan. after three pints of vintage cider.
5: <laughs> there is one last comment come up, actually, John, and it's a good one from Dave Jackson. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh special nights reminiscing of memorable memorable events, such as the Anglo-Italian Cup. That's a good idea, isn't it? Perfect. A night on like that. That's a great That's, idea.
3: I mean, we could run that game. I mean, what a great game. That's one of my first ever memories of Blackpool Football Club. I was four years of age at the time. But yeah, and that Mickey Burns winner, I mean, I could watch that 100 times over, so what a great idea. I've never seen it. <laughs> oh, right. I'll tell you. It's a whippersnapper, yeah, I've never
2: you? seen that game, ever. Right. Oh. Right, on that note well, this is taken an hour 15 we had planned to do a few more just general Blackpool stuff with this but we've uh, run out of time an hour 15 but um, what a fabulous show and what, um, what a great initiative Andy so all the best anyway I'm sure I speak for all Blackpool fans out there and I wish mm. this venture of yours nothing but success and I'm sure mm. it will be with all, all us behind you so uh, well done again
3: mm. Yeah cheers John, thanks for having me mate, I really appreciate yeah, it just, pal
2: so, um, yeah, thanks for, thanks for watching this, everybody. Thanks for watching on the live stream. Thanks for your comments. This will be coming out in podcast form very shortly, so listen out for that. Friday, we've got Sam doing his um, Friday night preview show where he's going to be previewing the show, Gilliam game with a, a Gilliam fan and doing his thing there. And 6.06 on Saturday. So thanks for joining us, Nick.
5: My pleasure, thanks, as always. Thanks again, Tim.
2: Loved it tonight. It's been great. And to out Up the pool.
3: Up the pool. pool, boys, come on the super thing,
0: man. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.